Bakura. I'd like to tell you about the quiet man. He's John Wayne in a picture you'll soon be cheering. It's the story of Sean Thornton, a right intended man who came from America to forget his past in Innisfree. There he met a fiery red-headed lass, and the village marriage broker went to work. That's a pretty bonnet you have on. Bonnet? Don't you be talking to me about bonnets. After leaving mine stuck up there like a... Easy now. Have the good manners not to hit the man until he's your husband, and until he'll hit you back. Then her bully of a brother, Red Will Danaher, refused to pay her rightful dowry. Right, shit, guys, I actually forgot to do any research at all for this uh, podcast, so um, I'm just going to give me a review now. Alexa, review The Quiet Man. Here is a summary of The Quiet Man reviews. In 1952A, H. Weiler of the New York Times viewed the film as darling a picture as we've seen this year, with dialogue that is as tuneful as a lark's song. In another contemporary review, the entertainment trade paper Variety called the picture beautifully filmed and wrote that Wayne works well under Ford's direction, but found the 129-minute running time unnecessary. Right, research done. Time to record the podcast. Well, I should actually watch this film at least once before we record a podcast about it. <laughs> I'm sitting here watching. I've already watched it today. I've already had enough fucking Quiet Man more for one lifetime. Thank you very much. You gotta love the Quiet Man. Well, I really don't. I watched it today. I don't know why you hated it so much. I really liked it. That's because you're a self-hating body. <laughs> you know what, that's, that's, It's both a satire of this genre of film and also a masterpiece of the genre <laughs> like the Matrix no they, they invented the genre I, I want to be able to smoke Willis gold flakes on that train like <laughs> last time I was on the plane um, one down the Galway um, for Sean's uh, stag do me and this girl officer we jumped off the thing and started smoking at the red light jumped, jumped off, off the train the yeah was that a red light? I was like, no, we better not. And she was like, oh, no, sure, you may as well. And the back was like, all right, then. No, and the back is, that's exactly the same uh, same route that he went on there. And when I was thinking this, because he said it is free, so I assumed he was chatting about the place in the poem. But uh, yeah, as Marty's Mar- uh, in-depth research will, will testify, it wasn't actually about <laughs> <my time. laughs> that. That is reason like the... Like a mortar, like a mortar. I always thought it was on Fermanagh for some reason. No, I always, thought, kind of I always thought that was in Donegal, but no. There isn't any free in Donegal. Yeah. But where is this any free? This one's in Donegal. No, no, it's, no it's supposed to be in like Connemara or somewhere. This one here? Yeah. No, it's not, is it? No, it's not Donegal. Well, they never really mentioned it to you, but I always, like, you go down to Connemara, they're fucking wall to wall with this shit, like. The Quiet Man is filmed here and all this bollocks. Yeah, it was filmed in It is a really good shot. And I was actually impressed by this one because that would be very difficult to, to orchestrate. Mm. <clears throat> but apart from that, the cinema, this famous cinematography was underwhelming. Look at that. It's clearly a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> Did it not win an Oscar for Best Cinematography? Best Director. It won two. I think it won Best. Uh, Oh, I have yeah. done plenty of research into yeah. this movie, James. I think and, it, uh, I think it won best cinematographer as well, eh? Best cinematography, yeah. So why don't you introduce us then, host? Well, I've got the thing playing in the background. Yeah, but we need to know who's chatting. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you might want to tell us what we're actually listening to. Okay, my name is Marty, and I'm your host for the what's the name of our podcast? Chatting pictures. <laughs> Welcome. Pictures, you're not allowed to speak until you're being introduced. These are the rules. You, of you literally addressed us both. Podcast. Asking what's, the what's the name of this podcast? I hosted. Artie's like crossing his line. Didn't get stepped in for two. He just arrived. Bada bing, bada boom, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> 
what, what, what are you guys? What are you guys paying me for? Is this is this is this the dead orphans one or is this the T Hi, welcome to the chatting pictures. Co- what? Hi, well, hi, welcome to the chatting pictures podcast with your host Marty Devine, and here with me is uh, William. Welcome. Hello. And. Maka, or James McAnaspey, as he also likes to be known. Yeah, my professional name, yes, like he was James McAnaspey, actor, writer, podcast host, YouTuber. Uh, and here on behalf of the sponsors of the uh, podcast is HangSandwich.com. I'm, I'm their brand ambassador now. Uh, very good t-shirt podcasts and don't, no, get, leave me on the mic, will you? <laughs> brand ambassador? Since when? You've never been well, since I was the model for your your only model for the. Uh, I for think the you'll find I was also the model. James was a model for Hang Savage, and so was William. The only one who hasn't been a model is me, and I'm the best looking. So well, how did that work out? You're a model idiot, that's why. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> try well, like that. Welcome to Chatting Pictures, and this podcast will be watching and commenting on the top and bottom. Irish films of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, some powerful <laughs> So during this podcast, we're going to watch all of the, all Irish movies that's ever been made. Entire Irish cinema canon, yeah. if you will. Yes, and we're going to be having a drink and toasting these with Irish liqueurs, liquors and beers. Today I'm drinking the Dingle Gin, which is very nice. And my other two are drinking. I am drinking a 12% homemade apple cider. And try not to die. What's your indigestion like, Maga? My indigestion? Yeah, well, no, yeah. <laughs> well, it was actually bad before, so it's settled it down now, so oh, uh, pretty happy. What do you think of it? What do you rate it out of 10? Uh, out of 10, um, I'm not a big cider drinker, but I would actually give this maybe 7 or 8. Oh, excellent. Um, there was a hint of a fizz when I poured it, but that has clearly disappeared now. But it has a sweet, uh, without being sugary, uh, element to it. Uh, and it does go down nice that and easy. That is not a drink review, it's a movie <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's just that somebody has, here has to be verbose, because you fuckers can't do anything. And uh, where can you purchase this nice sweet cider? Uh, well, you'll have to come out to Kil- Curlish Road and Drum Quinn to uh, get it <laughs> that source. Yeah, I can, I can only make it for personal use, Marty. I see, I see. No, well, like, you can take a tour of my house for £2 and you may get a free drink on it. And you can take, you can do go as many tours as you want. Just like a tour around Cove. Come. 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 Your research is <laughs> where this film was filmed. It is astounding. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't get time to do my research. Um, because I was busy that day. Don't, don't let them peek behind the curtain, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll cut that bit. Right, Marty, uh, why don't you give us a bit of background in the film? I thought I'd really <laughs> talk to you about my research skills. So, um, the great thing about being the host of a podcast is I get to ask my <laughs> lovely co-hosts. Lovely? My fat co-hosts. Hey! <laughs> I can talk. fat you me? <laughs> well... I can talk to my co-host about uh, their research into the movie. So, um, who would like to start? Well, I'll go first then. It's directed by John Ford, arguably the greatest American director, US director, for the first half of the 20th century. Um, he, uh, he has multiple films with John Wayne, in, including some of the most revered films in US cinema history, like The Searchers, uh, Stagecoach, The Grapes of Wrath. He also won his first Oscar for a Ra film, so this is the first Ra, uh, Ra reference we get. There'll be plenty of those, I'd imagine, yeah. in the coming episodes. Um, he acted in films. He acted. He started off in films direct, actually invented by the inventors of cinema, like Meliere, Edison, and D. W. Griffith, the uh, the great, the infamous clan man. So when he was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when he was deciding to make this film, did he have any trouble trying to make it? Uh, well, he was. Uh, this was re- funded by Republic Films again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The quiet man's in the rat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they weren't known for their comedies or dramas, um, so this was a big risk for them. But John Ford, as I said, was one of the probably the biggest name. And he was probably the Steven Spielberg of his day. 
So just having him on board and having John Wayne on board as well probably made it a lot easier for them. I did read um, when they made this movie that they had to agree to make Rio Grande before. So they would allow them to make this movie. Yes, indeed. So they made Rio Grande first and then they decided to make this movie. So they, they went from Western to Western. West yeah. of Ireland. Maureen Harrow was in it with John Wayne as well, Rio Grande and this. They were a power couple. They were a power couple. Five films they were in together. What films? What other films have they been in? They were in This Quiet Man, Rio Grande, The Wings of Eagles, McClintock and Big Jake, and three of those films four directed. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Maureen O'Hara, uh, prior to her recent uh, passing, had uh, in the post Me Too era, there was a quote that was attributed to her from the fifties, sixties, where she was describing pretty much what the Me Too era was uh, was exposing, and she was having none of it. Why? What did she say? Oh, I can't remember the she actual said, quote. She said, um, uh, "I wouldn't have. I don't have anything to do with the casting couch. I never wanted to play the part of a whore." And I would, wouldn't let directors and actors uh, play patty cake and kiss me on the lips when I arrived on the sets, like other people did. There you go. Yeah. She obviously didn't take that attitude into this uh, into this character because that's pretty much all she does in this character. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think this character, she's a very strong woman. I she will. doesn't. She doesn't let any man take her for a fool. Yeah. I, I think she spends most of the film being taken for a fool. No, I By disagree. Who? I disagree with that. I like it. No, I don't think she does. Why, how do you think she is in this film? How do you think her character is in this film? I think, I think she's well. I think her character's alright. Because like, she's brought up in this tradition or whatever, but then she's still um, proud enough. Like, she wants her own thing. She's still, like, it might be her, probably her dreams that own her own stuff and so you know? So. But what about her diary? Right, that's what I mean. Like the fact that she's like she's got too much pride not to take the diary, or she has to have the diary, and that's it. And she makes him sleep in a different bed and everything until she gets it. And she's ashamed that he won't go and get it. He's wrong with that, but then she ne- he never told her why he wouldn't fight. Mm-hmm. So she can't understand it because she's not brought up in that tradition. It's like, and he's like a fish out of water, so he doesn't know. Well, during uh, during when this film was first made and it was first screened. The um, Irish ambassador said that uh, he was scared that Irish Americans would riot because of this movie because they said it showed such a backward picture of how Ireland was. Mm. Well, when is it set? It was made in 1951, but when is it actually set? Because I just assumed there would be a contemporary of it, but then I read in the Wikipedia and it said it was set in the 1920s, and it's like, well, 1920s was a bit more going on in Ireland than uh, yeah. a nice wee twee love story. There well, was a bit of a Two wars going on in the landmass. I assumed it was one to get them out. I assumed, <laughs> <laughs> and still haven't left. I, I, I assumed it was nineteen twenty because they said they were going to they were, when they were on about having a meeting. You know when Michaelidon leaves him after the first night he sleeps in the house himself with a sleeping bag. He said that he's going back to talk a little treason with his comrades. So if it's treason and it's set. In the free state, <laughs> then it has to be. It has to be like before before they were given free state status. So yeah, well, it's hard to tell, but but uh, when your man mentioned the riots there, uh, this film watching it reminded me an awful lot of Playboy the Western World. It did, yeah, it did for me as well because it's it was a part of the race and the horse. And the horse racing and the language and mentioning her shifts. And when Playboy of the Western World first uh, premiered in the Abbey Theatre in Dublin, it caused a riot because uh, they didn't like the use of the word shift. Shift, of course, being a nighty or a what do you call it? nightdress. Yeah. That was, was a bit too extruded for the uh, puritanical. Is that where the word shift comes from, if you want to get a shift? I'm not sure. I didn't go into the vernacular or the... Uh, Shifting? Shifting, yeah. Uh, I thought that. It's fine, isn't it? Get it under the shift. It must be. Yeah. Like the Abbey Theatre. Like I was reading up and um, obviously Maureen O'Hara, who was, uh, joined the Abbey Theatre when she was 14. Though she was Maureen Fitzsimons then. Actually, <laughs> about all the main characters in this uh, film, the three main characters of um, Sean Thornton, who's John Wayne, Mary Kate Danaher, which is Maureen O'Hara, 
and um, Michaeline O'Flynn as Barry Fitzgerald. They're not actually their real names at all, all the three of them. John Wayne is Marion Robert Morrison, but it's actually, he changed, he was changed right after he was born to Marion Mitchell Morrison, because they wanted to use Robert for a different song. <laughs> Maureen O'Hara's real name is Maureen Fitzsimons, who, and she's from, I'm like a stalker, I know they're actually dressed to go up. She's from 32 Upper Beechwood Avenue, Ranelagh. <laughs> and the third one is Barry Fitzgerald, who plays McLean O'Flynn. His real name is William Joseph Shields. And he's from Walworth Road, Portobello, Dublin. So he was in the Abbey Theatre as well. He only joined Abbey Theatre when he was older because his brother joined it in 1915. And he joined it after. And he changed his name to Barry Fitzgerald because he was a civil servant and didn't want to get found out that he was also acting. Yeah, imagine the shame of finding out that you're an actor. He still, he, he, went basically, he basically went full-time acting while he was still a civil servant and he didn't, he didn't quit the civil service till 1929. Is that what your aspirations are then, Wilma? Well, everyone knows when you're working in the civil service you can do jobs on the side. Yeah, well, not even on the side, just at your desk because you don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the play was, or the... Uh, the film was written based on a story by Morris Walsh, who uh, who was a short story writer. He was actually the best-selling Irish author at the time in the 30s and 40s, but he doesn't seem to get as much. Uh, yeah. I think I'd never heard of him before. Whereas he was contemporary of Patrick Kavanagh and James Joyce and Flann O'Brien and just a whole and William Butler Yeats who invented the the Abbey Theatre and all. So there's a, Yeah. So there's a very very rich era of Irish writing, so he got a bit overwhelmed by it, um, but he, this was first published in a newspaper called the Saturday Evening Post. Why would you buy a newspaper on a Saturday evening? Like? <laughs> <laughs> was um, it like a high selling paper or was it? Well it started off being a weekly thing, I think now it's only published twice a year, so I think that tells <laughs> quite a lot It's like the news of the world. Well exactly. <laughs> Uh, his father was in the Land League, so again, uh, they were very uh, conscious of Ireland's position as a occupied nation. They were home rulers, were they now? Uh, <laughs> well, they were trying to get the landlords out, so I don't know. Uh, home rule is Rome rule. <laughs> that is true. They were right about that, to be fair. Like. <laughs> they were right, eh? Um, I thought, actually, you know what I saw about I said about Sean O'Casey, I saw read something that... Um, your fellow Barry Fitzgerald, he was actually, as it, do, 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 he appeared in the world premiere of Juno and the Peacock at the Abbey Theatre, and then that was in 1924, and then he actually took, was it, played the same character in Alfred Hitchcock's version in 1930. Here's on. Well, right. This is our great audio feature. <laughs> <laughs> Here's on, right? Okay, he's on for John Wayne. Many, many films think he done? 109. 40. 170 films. That's not that much. It's because he was the lead one, so... Uh, yeah, he was, the, he was in the lead in like, all of them except for five. Okay, so that's like three months every time. Then. Um, I tried to find out about Maureen O'Hara. And if you Google Maureen O'Hara to find out how many feature films she made, Google comes up with at least 35. It doesn't give you a number, it says at least 35. But I went through the IMDb and tried to count everything up. And I think she's done 55 feature films. She has 65 acting credits, but there's some TV movies and some TV series. So do you think one of the reasons Maureen O'Hara was so successful was because of the Technicolor era and her hair was so bright red? She, does. she was one of the queens of Technicolor. She said, um, she, said she didn't like that title though. Because uh, she thought she was a better, she was actually, a, supposedly she was a bit of a child prodigy when it came to acting. And she said, once because of the Technicolor, people, because she was quite good looking, according to her. <laughs> now, because she was quite good looking, she said she lost out in uh, role, Harper. The meteor So Catherine Hepburn played, played against John Wayne in another film, won an Oscar for it. And she was meant to get it, but she said that she was uh, too good looking for the role. And she didn't go down enough on the casting couch? Well... We don't know what Catherine Hepburn was up to, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so did uh, Maureen O'Hara win any awards in her time she, for? 
Acting? Yeah, she didn't. She was never nominated for an Oscar, but she won an honorary Oscar. Then there's two people in the world, another lady, and I can't remember her name. But she was. She has one star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now Barry Fitzgerald. But you can just buy those, like. Yeah, Barry Fitzgerald is two. <laughs> <laughs> he has two stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, How do you get two stars in the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Some people have like two or three, though. Yeah. Where was I? Was in um. It's, it's literally just you just buy it like. Yeah, I was in Krakow and. It's um, not. It's not. A, it's not bestowed upon you. You can just purchase a, a star. Obviously, it's very expensive because. Very. Uh, so can I purchase a star? Yeah, if you had the money. Yeah. But oh. the thing is, the, the Walk of Fame. It used to just be you know the front of the cinema. Now it's probably about fucking ten blocks long. Like it's. Oh. Yeah, I was in um, Krakow and they've got like uh, stars and everything on it, but. It's got some weird people on it. They had Robbie Williams beside um, Freddie Mercury. But then they had something weird, like uh, something that was advertising like cotton buds right next to them. Yeah, it'll never match the honour of getting a tree planted in Belfast. Did you get a tree planted in Belfast, Maga? No, I'm not Alex Higgins or... or they got, <laughs> is that what happens? They got a tree planted? No, I'm sure you... you if you go up Great Victoria Street, there's all loads of trees, there's wee plaques beside them. You can see I, them. I didn't know the plaques were for the trees, I've seen the wee plaques. Uh, so, they, I think they planted them after the ceasefire or something, so... <laughs> what, because they wasn't get the... So, so the occupiers took all our trees away, <laughs> and, then, and then just sprinkled one or two back at us? Where, where, are, we, where are we broadcasting from then, Marty? Uh, so, we're broadcasting from the occupied sex counties. <laughs> Coming at you live. <laughs> Right, right in the Barnes Court, we're right, in, we're right, in, we're infiltrated here. <laughs> so, Adam, we're back to the quiet man. Right, can I just bring something up? Are we, are we into reviewing now? Yeah, we can review the quiet okay. man. Okay, yeah. that's a fucking shit title because there's nothing quiet about him. He does nothing but fucking shout the whole time. Like, what do you mean? He doesn't shout. I, I was on the impression he was going to be like this moody fucking, you know, the field kind of character, and he's just sitting there. Well, I'm not gonna fight you, and then. And just drags his missus through a fucking field by her collar, like. <laughs> well, I know that probably wouldn't be too. Do you think a movie nowadays would do that? I would, but you wouldn't be expected to, him to be the good guy, like. Miss our son, son, here's a good stick to beat the lovely lady. There's a woman that rushes up and gives them a branch to beat her with. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here's a here's a stick. I think I can rip that down. Here's, here's a stick that uh, you can you can beat your lovely wife with. <laughs> <laughs> but is that not just a comedy of it all? Well, it was also kidnapping. Like he kidnapped her. He was throwing her around the fucking bed and everything. He actually broke her over a bed. Like. <laughs> There'll be no locks or bolts between us, Mary Kate, except those in your own mercenary little heart. This is after, this is after, by the way, he declared a marriage after he knew her for about fucking, what, 18 hours or something? And he decided he was going to fucking marry her. And then she gets all pissy because he didn't take the 350 quid because she's just a bit of property. You know my, you know my fucking opinions of marriage? Well, she is not just a bit of property. She, she wants to, um, she wants, she's a proud woman and she wants to take, she doesn't feel like an equal to him unless she has got her property with her. Unless she's valued in monetary terms? No. No, she, she, she values his money because it's part of her dream. She wanted her furniture and she wanted her own wealth so she was able to do whatever she wants. Whereas like the rest of the time she's looking at, she's, look, she's there looking after her brother for no reason. The first time you see her, the brother t- is going to t- take a shovel off the fire and she, she tells him if he does, he's going to be the last thing, last thing he ever tries to do. And then she lifts up a vase and cracks him over the head of it. Yeah, and then she smashes on the table and nearly breaks all the cups. And then, uh, and then there's, a, there's that little weasel guy that just like sitting there stealing spuds. So was, was he another brother? The wee sidekick? The sort of one that creeps out behind with his... Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so because he keeps calling him Squire, so I think he just works for him. 
Well, I don't know. I actually think yeah. her character is a little bit of a nut job. Like she is a bit of a nut job. Like right? she's all like moody, and she's like, "I'm not doing this for you. I'm not. You're not sleeping in my bed, and whatever." And as soon as he gets that three hundred and fifty pound and throws it in the fire, she's skipping down the road like nothing yeah. ordinary. Going, "All right, love, I'll put the dinner on for you now." Exactly. Yeah. Like so, she's so actually get the money then. That's right. So he put the money in the fucking furnace. Uh, so but it like, wasn't about the money. It was about the principle of having the money. It was about just making sure the other boy doesn't have it. It's because. Uh, it's because she felt ashamed of him. But that was her brother, the big the Danaher. Yeah, red a square square red Danaher. What's his first name? Um I wrote it down. Right there. It's Red Will Danaher. Uh he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this, you know. I don't know how he's hardly ever done it. But do you think the reason why To be fair the acting is good for the time because you look at mm. contemporary films like this and the acting is fucking you know, it's Yes, brother. Whereas this actually feels like people are chatting. Yeah, he actually won an Oscar. He won an Oscar in nineteen thirty-five for best best actor um, in Ford's film The Informer in nineteen thirty-five. He was that say Ford could seem to like use the same actors over and over and over again. Probably because their schedules all aligned, and also John mm-hmm. Wayne would have just been signed to a movie studio. And probably John John Ford as well. well so they wouldn't be allowed to work John, with other people. I think John Ford gave him his uh, gave him his break because he saw him working just on the movie set, and he he went over to him and said, "How would you like to be the lead of this film?" And all he was doing was helping people pack. See, why do I get opportunities like that? Yeah, he's actually I think he's, he's Godfather John Wayne's son as well. Ah, it's all in the you see. Mm. It's not who you know, it's who you blow. <laughs> <laughs> well John Wayne had a scholarship to do uh, soccer I think and he broke his shoulder and that's uh, why he got into acting yeah he broke really? a sur- surfing accident, accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cannot picture him surfing I have to say I, ca- I can't really picture him playing soccer but surfing surfing's even oh wait in this bit he just fucking sneaks into the house <laughs> <laughs> but she puts his fire on for him so what, what the fuck is that like some random stranger goes into the house she breaks in puts a fire on sweeps the floor and then yeah. doesn't want him to see her but I think it's, isn't it meant, there's meant to be a whole love at first sight thing, isn't there? When he sees her going over the fields with the sheep, and she looks back. But then again, it's such a small town. He's like, the first man, the first man is not related to her walking into it. And this is, this is a scene that was parodied in E.T. I thought it looked very, uh, I don't want to use the R word so early. Although it is like 2am or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to you live. <laughs> but, uh, it's actually 20 past 12. We've been at this two days. <laughs> this is the quality Marty's bringing his host. Just a bit. So he's confronting her because she broke into his house. Fair enough. And then he just decides, ah, no, I'll not say anything. I'll just fucking put her arm behind her back and just fucking lay me, lay me fucking tongue down her throat. No, this, not, this is a really famous scene. I would actually like to take She's this. saying no. She's saying no more. No, she's not saying no. She's saying close the door. What were you going to say? So uh, she actually broke her hand, broke a, a bone in her hand when she fell on that scene. When she slapped him there? When she slapped him. She slapped him so hard she broke a bone. She missed him though. <laughs> but I'd like to take this moment to say that Hank Sandwich has produced a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um... Hank Sandwich is going to produce a t-shirt for every movie that we review during this uh, Chatting Pictures podcast and um, the t-shirt that they made is uh, about this scene it is about this scene yeah and okay. recognise your clothes I was like no, that's the one I don't so where can we find such t-shirts then? you can find such quality apparel <laughs> such quality high apparel. quality apparel <laughs> uh, fast delivery fast delivery fast. good quality in a range of sizes and colours and running an entire gamut of genders from male to female (laughs) (laughs) or unisex or unisex well I actually don't have a unisex section yet but uh, if you want the unisex section just buy the man's we have a fashionista intersection section well you can purchase a t-shirt at hangsandwich.com hang h-a-n-g sandwich dot com how do you spell sandwich? You, <laughs> you just said it, sandwich. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I always actually spell sandwich wrong, and Google fixes it for yeah, me. Yeah, so. my brother's dyslexic. Leave him alone. Uh, well, I have to. See, there's a lot of shaming in this movie as well. I find um, a lot of height shaming, in particular. 
But do you not think actually women do? People go on about men and about how men objectify women, whereas the amount of times I hear women say, "I can't go out with a short man." Yeah, exactly. And how actually that is actually really really bad. But I don't see men going around saying, "I'll not go out with anyone lower than thirty-eight double C." You ever go on Tinder? Uh, and it's like they all put their height there, five foot nine. So tall, please. It's like mm, I don't, I don't say that on Tinder. I have to say no. Oh dear. So you're not spying enough, Marty? Yeah. Um, oh, actually, you know what? I was thinking about that. Remember you were asking what year it's set in? It has to be set after the War of Independence because the priest and the vicar are getting along and everything in this. That is true. There is a priest and a vicar. And I would like to know why he's friends with the vicar. <laughs> this is a nice septic, that's what. <laughs> Don't you remember Shanine and how it was? The road led up past the chapel and it wound and it wound. And there was the field where Dan Tobin's bull chased you. It was a lovely little house, Shanine. And the roses. <laughs> Your father used to tease me about them, but he was that proud of them too. I actually quite, you know what, I quite like about this, the very first thing you hear is when he's, when he's drifting up to look at the place, you hear his mother talking in the background, you know, as a memory to him, and she's calling him Seanine, which is like wee Sean, and you find out his grandfather was called Sean after that, so, and there's like, a, there's a wee, what, there's a part in Irish in those, I thought too. You see, father, could I, could I? Telling the Irish. Ah, sha, 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 sha. Oh, near, near like me, Marcellus, Jackie, my Lebanon, a rare, could me finyar ho, colla e, e, oh, e malacodle, the malacodle. Malacodle. Sha. bag. Sleeping bag, father. With buttons. Oh! Was spray near Richie Arohan? Unpack it, eh? Woman, Ireland may be a poor country, God help us. But here, a married man sleeps in a bed and not a bag. And for your own good, I'll tell you what this... Hush, hush! There he is! 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 This is actually one of the only uh, films that American audience seen that has Irish in it. Yeah, because there's time that uh, Mary Kate talks to the priest and she doesn't want to say it in English that uh, she's not, she hasn't been sleeping with um, Sean in her own bed in his own house and the priest goes mad. The only thing that stops him is that he ends up catching a fish. Or he's going to hit her with the fishing rod for not, for not sleeping with her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually the scene? Yeah, that's the scene, eh? And they didn't give subtitles, did they? No, they don't give what subtitles in it. Because like, all you hear is like, Massa sleeping in his old woman! <laughs> that's all you hear from the priest then, yeah. In English or Irish? It's, he says it in English, but she says the whole speech in Irish. I see. And there, just as we're speaking about this, the scene on the TV is him delivering his fucking three-mile-wide bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, wouldn't you know, the man goes from America in all this, like, the grandeur of America, and he's coming back to a wee thatched cottage in Ennisfree. I still don't understand. Like, I know there's no TVs or anything, or phones or anything, right? But there's only one person know that knows that this, this uh, fella who's... Who was actually like he was born in the town, because he knew he knew Michaeline from when he from when he was wee. He said he babysat him. None of them knew that he was a professional fighter. You think word would have got back at some point? Well, the whole family moved away, which is what yeah. they implied. Uh, they did I, yeah. And your man only knew it because he was a sports hobbyist. They didn't know. They didn't make the connection of the. They didn't know he was from the there. Ge anyway. Geography. Yeah. But then he wasn't there that long, was he? Was he? Was he? Was he? Yeah, well, he was sure he was being moved about. He was getting worried that the bishop was going to move him again. Nothing. Yeah, then the other priest helped him and told him, cheer when he passes, cheer like you're Protestants. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, I remember that line. Right. 
Protestants don't cheer? They're just too reserved for that? It'll be more like this. <laughs> well, I would like to know what the Protestants do back in this time. You know, now they yeah. wash their cars, dress up in their suits, you know, before church, because their car has to be clean and get someone else see it. Whereas, you know, Catholics don't really care. So, like, <laughs> did they wash their horse before they went to church? Well, whatever they did, they did it the wrong time when they did it. Yeah. Unlike the Fenians. <laughs> now, I actually like the whole uh, showing of the matchmaking. Uh, the matchmaker. So, so was this a was this a tradition? I know they're they're in like in like uh, farmers markets and stuff. People will offer a service of matching somebody with a with a potential uh, wife. Well, there is, is the Leston Varnum Leston Varnum matchmaking festival, which is apparently one of the top tourist attractions in Ireland at the minute. So it actually could be. There's a, is it Leston Varnum matchmaking? Is that singles? The singles festival is that a list of yeah, there's, there's definitely a matchmaker. There is a matchmaking festival in Ireland. So there's a matchmaker there at Listen Farmer for 100%. And so, what is their, what is their there's service? There's a film we're going to review about matchmaking. There's a film, isn't there? There's an Irish film that I've seen. What, what is it called? I can't remember. The matchmaker might be the called. Bus, the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a film where a woman comes, a journalist or something, comes to Ireland and she goes, she ends up at a matchmaking festival. And she gets oh, it's, you're all uh, you're all from Hollywood. One of those Hollywood <laughs> dolls, as you call them. Yeah. Which one's that? I actually really like that film. What's it called, really? I can't remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. Is it Jennifer Garner? No, I'm thinking no, of the Ginger Doll. Uh, no, that's that's Leapy Year. No, that's a different film. I actually really like Leap Year, but uh, is it? Ah, oh, Leap Year. I like. Is that an Irish film? Is Leap Year an Irish film? It's about the Irish tradition of women. Women uh, trapping their husbands on leave yeah. day. I, 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 <laughs> yes. I really like that movie. And, and other contracted properties. See but ya. anyway, we will be right back with you after these messages. Well, I wonder if I out about the matchmaker. <laughs> Alright, hold on. I'm going for a drink. Right, okay. So you talk. I will host from the kitchen. Alright. That's good. You're going to start hosting from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, the further away from the mic, the better. Here, Mac, rock the mic. Rock the mic, right? Sight. Let us rock to Mike, let us rock to Mike, let us rock to Mike. Sight. Ah, the, uh... Do you love the way they added a H to Rumble so that uh, they could get away from the copyright of that fella? But they got, they actually got your man in to do that recording or else, you know, they couldn't have that bit. Did they? Yeah, because that line is his copyright. Ah, let's get ready to Rumble. Are we breaking his copyright by saying let's get ready to Rumble? Well, only if we said, let's get ready to Rumble. Then never break it. See the way I broke off at the end just to make sure we're copyright compliant. Uh, that's good, that's good. Don't get me started on fucking copyright. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> I fucking hate the even notion of copyright. Uh, no, Mike, as, a, as a, somebody that creates stuff, should you not, should well, you not have your stuff stolen? Well, it applies, it applies the idea of property because there's no land left to own. So they started applying the idea of property into the ideas in your head. So you're, you're called it intellectual property. So somebody could own your ideas. And I fucking hate the concept of that. So are you saying Cliff Richard is the biggest uh, scumbag imperialist that's ever lived? Uh, he's up there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up there with Cromwell and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard's up there with Cromwell and Hannah Dave. Well, Marty just gave me a donut. You know, what, you know when I'm doing this podcast? Nothing better than, than doing a podcast with your mouth full and sticky. Not that Maureen Harrow would know. Against that sort of thing. <laughs> Welcome back to the Talking Pictures Chatting. Oh, sorry, hold on. Chatting Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Chatting Pictures with your host, Marty Devine. And William Devine, civil servant, songwriter, lead designer of a said t shirt mm. company. Bonnie Baby Bonnie winner, 1985, Newton's Your Paris morning. An all round Ireland sweetheart. I see, I see, and we've oh, got Jim, Jimmy Savile's favourite picky. <laughs> <laughs> and James McAnaspe, actor, screenwriter, podcaster, YouTuber. Extraordinaire. Absent Fowler. <laughs> <laughs> we wheezing footballer. <laughs> what do you describe Marty as? Drunken rapper bit. <laughs> exactly. You just can't describe me as anything because I'm hosting, so... Mm -hmm. oh, we'll just leave that to the courts. 
Because <laughs> they've got quite an quite a all-round picture of them by this point. Like. <laughs> also the one listener of this podcast. <laughs> I'm expecting more than one listener. Huh? I'm expecting more than one listener. Nah, after Marty's introduction. Yeah, true. But I forgot my fucking book. Remember the big Bible I showed you? I fucking left it in the fitness house, the house we just came out of. What Bible? So it's like this, uh, it's Time Out Film Guide, uh, the year 2002 uh, version. Uh-huh. What made it remind me was the Bonnie Baby competition. It's got Kevin Spacey on the front cover. <laughs> 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 but it has reviews like uh, of every film that was in a London cinema from like 1967 or something, right up to 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it included The Quiet Man was one of the 100 greatest... The two 100 greatest movies for the millennium. Uh, one was picked by the readers, uh, which is more popular stuff, and then one was picked by a selection of directors and writers and such. And The Quiet Man was in the top 100. So, well, why do you think The Quiet Man was in the top 100? I, I don't know. I don't understand why it is so revered, because, it okay, gets, it's entertaining. It's, I mean, well, is it entertaining? I find it a wild board. No, I, I really like The only part that I kind of thought slowed up was the whole horse race in the beach. But then I liked watching it as well, because you never really see stuff like that on film. Like, Well, I find when I watched The Quiet Man, I didn't like it initially. And then I watched half of it and turned it off. My friend gave me the DVD. And um, I had it for about a year in my house, and I never watched it. I didn't feel like I wanted to watch it. And then I told her we were going to be doing this podcast, and she was like, you have to watch the movie, you have to watch the movie. And it is Eilish's favourite movie of all time. And her husband is English, and it's now one of his favourite movies as well. They both love this movie. And I sat down to watch it with him. And I was a little bit bored watching it initially, but I kind of got into it. And then I thought, ah, it was all right. And then when I went home and I thought about it, I actually ended up really liking it. So on reflection, I do really like it. It's, um, I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score. Do you say Rotten Tomatoes? Do you say Rotten Tomatoes? Rotten Tomatoes, obviously. Mm. But I, I say Metacritic, because it's better about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's on Rotten Tomatoes. I've got, uh, it's got a 90% rating. You see, there's, there's a bias of longevity, I would say, in that. In that, do a way, uh, if a player, like a football player, like James Milner, eventually everyone goes, oh yeah, he's the best thing that's ever produced, just because he's been around a long time. Uh, uh, I think this sort of has that as well, that because it's 1951, because, you know, it's it's very well lit, it's, you know, very competently made, it was two hours long. Like, it did not need to be two hours long. And two hours was fucking gargantuan for a movie in the 50s. Two, hour, two hours and nine minutes, because they uh, didn't want... The, the Republic, Republic, what was it? The company, you know, the film production company. They, they said that it had to be two hours exactly. That's and then when Ford went to show it to him, it was two hours and nine minutes, but he shot the film at, at two hours and wouldn't, didn't let them see the last nine minutes. And the last nine minutes is when the fight's about to start. So they said, Shut up. All right, we're, we're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to see this fight. <laughs> so, um, on the death of Maureen O'Hara, the writer Malachi McCourt took to his Facebook page to express some of the sentiments that Irish diplomats were so concerned about, as I said earlier on. He said, The Quiet Man ranks among, amongst the most idiotic, stupid, anti-Irish movies ever made. Wife-beating, priest-ridden, blather-talking gombean men, getting drunk, standing around, gossiping, and then erupting in stereotypical Irish behaviour, violent fighting. John, right-wing Wayne, could never qualify as an Irishman. Too much of an asshole. Even if he kept his maiden name, Marion Morrison. No true Irish person take prides in that low-class insult to Ireland. And I hope Marion O'Hara is not in a place where she has to watch it. And I hope that Wayne is. Okay, I will address that actually because I was worried it was going to be, you know, twee little dee 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 It's not actually as bad as that description is making out. Um, okay, it's a bit... It's a bit sort of tarred with the sort of image of Ireland brush. But there's not one Aaron sweater in that, for example. You know, it's... They do speak... As I said, it does feel like they're speaking like normal people. It's it's not like, Top of the morning, big aura. You know, it's not that sort of shade. Um, so I will give it that. It wasn't as... Yeah, I didn't think it was... It, it, it's twee. It's not, it's not actively offensive like do you know what I mean I don't think it's offensive at all I actually think it shows Ireland in such a really good light look yeah. maybe the pot maybe the old matchmaking or whatever but if that was well, going on just, at the yeah, time then that's fine of what it was, but actually then. the scenery is actually really beautiful 
you know if we really wanted to get it offensive we should get David Williams to direct the remake and he'll make a real fucking <laughs> well this is a section that I do want to bring into the podcast is if this movie was made now who would play the actors yeah. do you have to have an American playing the Americans you, you know? don't you can have any actor playing anyone I don't know who you get to play is there anybody that's kind of like iconic that's John Wayne now you wouldn't get the rock like well, I was going to say, I was going to say Chris Hemsworth because he's got I this sort of physique. I was going to say Chris Hemsworth as well. And he's uh, a decent actor. He's, he's a very good actor, actually. Yeah. But the thing is, I'd rather see him one of the funnier roles in the film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then you chat about fucking boring winkers. Like, I don't know who's boring. Ryan, one of the other Chris's. <laughs> Chris <laughs> Dahl. <laughs> no, he, he's too boring and old. Who are you going to get nowadays to play a heavyweight boxer like that? I don't know. We can get. Can we dig up Joel Wayne again? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they could reanimate the Terminator. Or well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say for Michaelina Flynn, I want Danny DeVito to play him. Yeah. Danny DeVito. I think he'd be a shoe in for that role. What, what about Miggledy? Miggledy. Miggledy Higgins. To get him to play. Well, you know who I would like to play that. You're 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 president, Marty. You're president, Marty. Yeah. Marty Marty's looking blankly at well, what's, what's going on. The guy that looks like Kermit the Frog, weren't they? You see him on TV? The guy that looks like... Nicolene. He was literally born the same time as that guy was. What, Donald Trump? No, he said your president, not the emperor. Ah, Michael D. Higgins. I was thinking about 10 minutes later, I actually thought you were just playing me along there. You know who I would like to play Nicolene? You know your guy that's kind of famous now for playing that sexy priest? Uh, Andrew, your man Andrew, uh, Andrew Scott or something. I played like he played like oh, a really no. bad uh, version of. Um, well, he was good. Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah. He was fucking crap as Moriarty. That was a but shite it show. It wasn't his fault. He played. Well, he auditioned for it, didn't he? I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he played the role pretty well, but I didn't like the role. I think he would be good in that there, playing that there part. And what about Maureen O'Hara? I was thinking Maureen O'Hara. Your doll from Levy Year. Her? Uh, yeah. Who was that? I, Amy Adams. Adams. I, I like Amy Adams. I think I'd rather have an Irish actress playing it. Maybe, what do you, or no, what do you call the Scottish girl? Sure, Irish actresses don't be in Irish films. Have you not seen that recent <laughs> uh, announcement of the three working class Dublin women played by fucking half of fucking Yanks and Scandinavians and all sorts rather uh, than Irish? True, yeah. No, what do you call her? Um, you know the girl from Trainspotting? Kelly McDonald. Aye. What might hurt you be getting that, I think? But maybe we should start thinking about what the next movie should be and I've got a I've got a I've got a story to, to tell you are we going to take a vote well well because we'll all come up with a different nomination and then we'll all just vote for it <laughs> <laughs> what, what, well which way do you want to do it do you want to do an old film then a newer film then an old film a newer film or do you want to do a chronologically or well we have to do a chronologically because we already missed did we miss one well George, John Ford's first film was about the rat <laughs> you never told me what what was it called? Uh, no, that'd be a smarter thing to write, written down. <laughs> was it called um, when? Yeah, it would have been a smart thing to write down. When Carlo stood still. Uh, I think it was about like the the original Ra, the Ra that everyone's happy about. Oh right, okay. Like you know the original UVF that everyone's happy about because. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so tell us the story about the next film. I'm pretty sure we're going to have to re-review this movie. Well, in future times. <laughs> quiet man. Yeah. When we get our production a bit more polished. Uh-huh. Well, I'm not sure I want to watch it again. I, I, I bought it. I was going to rent this film and then I bought it because I liked it. Why were you going to go to Extra Vision? No, I was going to rent it on uh, YouTube, you know. <laughs> and then I realised that the the rental price for two days was. About 80% of the price to buy it, so I was like, no, I'll buy it. And you know what? I'm glad I did buy it. Bought like it, kept it. I've got two films now I've bought on digital, and it is two classics of The Quiet Man and Blade Runner. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to look. There is a connection with Ireland and Blade Runner. You know, the guy that's on the Guinness ads. <laughs> I, is that an Irish film? Because he's in it now. No. It's, yeah. it's not a Jack Charlton era <laughs> selection <laughs> process. <laughs> Uh, no, so in anticipation of doing uh, this podcast and in anticipation of uh, trying to do a short documentary I was doing, I decided to take 
uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of last week off. Uh, but as always seems to happen, anytime I make plans, some fucking thing just comes in and just ruins them. So we had a house, we had a fire in our house, uh, which meant that I couldn't stay in the house. I can't go back to the house. There's no electric, there's no water. There's all this. So we went out to our aunt's house in Fintana, which is where I would have spent a lot of time as a child. Uh, and I randomly Googled a misspelling of my own name. So, <laughs> what? So instead of A-N-E-S-P-Y, which is my name, I, I went E-S-P-I-E. And the first result was James McInespy and the Fairies of Fintana. <laughs> so, Wait, there, is, this, is this a porn film? No, no. <laughs> is it, are you sure it's not James Mackin-ass pie? No, but but I do have my porn camera now, so we can start, start exploring these ideas. Uh, no, in, in 1950 actually, so very contemporary to this movie, uh, <laughs> there was a, a ferry ring in Fitna, it was bulldozed down to build the golf course, and some boy called James Mackin-Espy went to pick up the firewood and he got stuck in the ferry ring for like four days. <laughs> what? And I'm pretty sure now there's a fucking curse upon my person because that fucker <laughs> with the same what? name as me. So you think the fairies are after you because of mistaken identity? Uh, yeah, yeah clerical error on their part. <laughs> and is this the movie you want to review? So Darby O'Gill and the Little People then, just to see how to fucking fight them. How to fight them, yeah? Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yeah. Oh, I. You know what? I. You know the way I have written the greatest song of all time. Where the Leprechaun Warning? Can we play it? No. Please, it's a spare song. You know, the most powerful folk band ever made. No. I'm not giving any of my Patreon cut to John Fox because you played a fucking spare song, all right? <laughs> well, <laughs> what's Patreon link, Warning? <laughs> he only sang it. So I couldn't tell if it was him or uh, Christy Murray singing it. He also played guitar out of time. No, I don't know if it's out of time. I think he was playing a different song, just. <laughs> so Darby O'Gell and the Little People are next uh, movie that we're going to review. And it was a Disney movie. Yeah, is this part of the Disney classics? Uh, was, was that a Disney movie? It might be. I, I think, pretty sure it's on Disney Plus, which I have. Ooh. It's a Disney movie, yeah. Well, all I know is that Sean Connery does an excellent Dublin accent in that film. Perhaps it was just the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Because I was actually thinking about that film today. Because I thought to myself, I've never seen a film whose lead was so ugly. And I've watched The Elephant Man. And I think there we get on little people, that's it. Well, it's on Disney Plus, 1 hour 30. So. Can we take a trip to that pub in Donegal? It's got the mural of Darby Gill on it. And record from there. And you can buy the pints, morning. I can buy the pints. If you'd like to donate some pints to our Irish movie review, you can also uh, you can send our message to our Facebook page. And send the pints in the post. Well, you can donate to our PayPal on our Facebook page. I don't know. I haven't set this up yet. You go to patreon.com slash jmca. Well, at the next Irish movie review, I'll be drinking another Irish spirit, which I will review along with it. I have to say the Dingle Gin is pretty good. good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think by the next one podcast we're doing, I think I may have brewed a, st- a chocolate milk stout. Ooh, looking forward to that. Yeah, so I think I'll drink that. And you can also have it, Maka. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining the Chatting Pictures. Yeah. Hey, this is the first time you got the title of the podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I got the title right when Should I finished the podcast. Do you not be Chatting Pictures? Chatting Pictures. Pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't forget to check out my YouTube, James Wigan SB, uh, where I review uh, the top 50 Oasis songs, as well as uh, re-uploaded my Father Ted podcast, where we reviewed every episode of the Father Ted, and both of uh, both of our present company was involved in that. Oh, that's right. Uh, so, look forward to that. I blanked it out of my memory. And uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, hangsandwich.com, and if you'd like to buy the t-shirt of The Quiet Man, you can check it out on the appropriate section on the website. Hangsandwich.com forward yes. slash products forward slash movies. I, I like to call our product section the erection section of the website. <laughs> I call the apparel. <laughs> for all fast for, delivery. For, for all erotic fashionistas. <laughs> you know what though? It's actually getting into uh, summer and uh, wintertime both. There's something. There's a season in between. T-shirts are perfect for every time of the year. We are Irish, like. This is true. This is true. So we've got a Quiet Man T-shirt up on the website now at the minute, which oh, you can check out. 
Not, it will be up when I get this podcast oh, out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yes, it will be up so you can check that out. And um, we'll probably review this movie again in a year. A yeah. little more than a year. Yeah. It does have quite a large number of Irish films. Like, is it? Like, even the last 20 years. I found out there was a dozens. film in 2019 with Call Mania in it and set in Ireland. And I'd never seen it, hey? And it's got several of the cast of, of my favourite film of all time, which is also Irish. What should we shall review? Well, don't leave us in suspense. Exactly, how's well, that? I know what it is. Chat about it. Yes, it's intermission. Intermission. The, gr- yeah. the greatest film ever made. And obviously, we'd like contributions of what people would like us to review. Yeah, if you'd like us to review a movie in this uh, manner, it cost you, you five pounds. Patreon.com. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slash James. Do you have a film you're looking forward to reviewing, Morty? I actually really want to review Grabbers. What is about Grabbers? I don't know. I just think it's good. I like it. I don't know. I'm not really in the movies. Like, like I'm just hosting this podcast. This was his idea. <laughs> to do a film podcast. It actually was my idea to do an Irish film podcast because there's not that many of them out there. So I thought, no. well, we couldn't do a worse job than what's out there because there's nothing out there. Yeah, exactly. You are. <laughs> we're uh, gloriously free from snark so far, so that's good. From like, what? Snark. There's too many snarky movie podcasts just saying how shite everything is. That's mm. my job. I'm glad you're here to. Exactly. Well, you did say well, the quiet man was shy. Give your, give your. What's our rating system for the quiet man? Then what are we rating it out of? Well, like, I think uh, we're going to rate it out of shamrocks. Shamrocks, and are we rating it? How many shamrocks? And how many, are we doing it by the like, leaves on a shamrock? Or yeah, so either out of four, but only the four is a lucky shamrock. You know. Okay. I'm I'm giving. Is that the way shamrocks work? No, I, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, it's a four a shamrock, and then a four days clover is a lucky shamrock. So, no. so the I'm, four is for the special maybe. So I, I wouldn't give this a four then. So I would I'd struggle to give it a, a three. Is two and a half already? Should we just do it out of five? I'm going to give it the clatter ring of excellence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it the burst pimple on the salmon of knowledge. <laughs> Are you using it on the things back, Rory? <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I like this movie. I, on reflection, again, I do really, really, I like it, I really like it, but I still wouldn't give it four leaves. No. No. I think I'm going to give it three leaves. Three leaves out of four? Or? Three leaves out of four, yeah. I, I'll give it three and a half. I really liked it. I liked it. I'd, yeah. See, I, I want I want three just to be the good compliment. No, I'll give it three actually. Just the, our, our way in. It's uh, it is a, it is actually a lot of people's window to Ireland, like yeah. from outside the well within the anglophone world, should we say? It's a lot of people's window to what Ireland. It does. Was. It does. If you go to America and say you're from Ireland, people will think of this and you get free drinks. So that's I love it. Yeah. But like you know, as we watch it, like you know, there is such actually really nice scenes in it. There is a lot of nice scenes, so I I do like it. I give it a three. A three leaf. A three, three leaf. You have three, three and a half and three, so that means it's three point something. Three point one three. Well, so Patrick's not gonna convert any Christians to that. Should <laughs> <laughs> fucking not <laughs> You should give it the, the, St. Pat, the St. Patrick nose snake over there. How many snakes on the staff? <laughs> yeah. Actually, maybe we should do snakes on a staff out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have to raise the event. I'll give it seven snakes on the staff. <laughs> I'm going to give it eight snakes on a staff. I'm, you're giving it eight? Yeah. Oh. Out of ten. Alright, I will give it eight and a half then. Eight and a half, eight and a half snakes. snakes. But only the tail side, not the head side. Yeah, but everyone knows when you cut off a snake's tail, as we knew from Conan the Barbarian, you, it grows back unless you cut its head directly off. Yeah, at the cut time. the head of the snake, that's what everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, Alright, I'll give it nine. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even have much place to go for his favourite films. Like. Exactly. Oh, uh, but I'm giving, it, uh, I'm giving it like all the snakes that are trying to get back in. Whereas I say snakes out. <laughs> get them snakes on a plane <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for joining the Chatting Pictures podcast we've reviewed uh, The Quiet Man mixed reviews I think in this room today yeah, yeah. I, I think it was mostly positive though 
He didn't give it like a negative review. He gave it a good enough score. Yeah, I give it a qualified review, shall we say that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, join us next time for our next podcast, which we will be reviewing Darby O'Gill and the Little People. So I'd like to say bye. Your host, Marty Devine. And also, would you like to... I will say Slana Walia from William, Ireland's sweetheart, Devine. And I'd say talk to you. Or chatty. <laughs> chatty. So we'll speak to you later, next week, or two weeks. How long does it take to, like... How long, it depends how long it's going to take you to drink that bottle of English in, aren't it? Uh, I'm going to clean you on next week. Well, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I might do another podcast tomorrow. <laughs> right, we'll see you next time on the Chatting Pictures Podcast. Bye. Sponsored by Hang Sandwich. Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye.